This CKNW podcast is brought to you by Destination Toyota in Burnaby, your neighborhood Toyota store. You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Tasia Custodi. Oh, and that Andy Barrar guy. Oh, yeah. Just that Andy <laughs> Barrar guy. We've got lots to talk about in today's show. Lots of stuff happening in the tech world. Uh, in a little bit, we'll be talking about the new Apple iPhone announcement. A couple new models coming out. We've got... Uh, our good friend Gary Ng, the founder and editor-in-chief of iPhoneInCanada.ca. So we'll be discussing the new 5S, 5C, and iOS 7. Some cool stuff happening there. Yeah. Uh, I know a couple of people that have already tried it, and uh, it's uh, definitely different. It looks different. Lots of other things happening. Twitter, my favorite thing, is... Uh, it's going public. They've announced an IPO in a tweet, of course. How fitting. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just like sent out a press release, a paper one. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's Gone so... old school. <laughs> so Twitter, uh, obviously a, a very popular uh, messaging, social media type service. Uh, they have announced that they're going public. Yeah. Uh, they sent out a tweet to 24 million followers around uh, uh, 5 p.m., on, was that Thursday? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. They um, have been estimated to have revenues of uh, about half a billion dollars. And as such, uh, because the revenues are under a billion dollars, this can be um, uh, more of a secret IPO, they're calling it. Yeah. They don't really have to uh, announce exactly when they're going public. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Do you know why they're doing it at secret IPO? So Bec- they don't get... Well, like Facebook did. I don't. Well, there's two reasons. One, I don't think they're actually making money yet. Uh, they're still losing because they're trying to expand. And one big yeah. avenue they're trying to get Half into a billion dollars. They, they're losing money. Well, yes, because they're investing in, in trying to make this grow okay. faster. Um, one thing that Twitter has to do right now is learn the lessons from the IPOs of both Facebook and Google. Okay. Google had their IPO back in 2004 yeah. when people weren't, you know, in really investing in companies, but it was Google. Yeah. They were. They had a valuation at that time, with their float price about twenty three billion dollars. When Facebook went IPO in twenty twelve last year, their their valuation was one hundred and four billion dollars. But Facebook went IPO later when when they weren't growing, when they weren't having that massive growth. So they had already matured. Then you had all these people wanting to buy Facebook stock. It's like the new GM stock out there. You know, got to put your money in Facebook. So all these small mom-and-pop investors started to invest in Facebook, but the people that made money were the big equity companies, the big guys who actually had the shares, who let them go for sale. And then we watched that stock drop a lot. It only just like a couple weeks ago came back to the $35 point. So what Twitter is doing right now is going at it early, getting at it while they're having massive growth. And uh, I think it's because they watched what happened with Facebook and learned the lesson from there. I still don't know how they're going to make billions of dollars, so that still escapes me. Like, I, I get Twitter. Uh, yeah. You know, you're sending out uh, little messages, and I, I know that they can put advertising little bits in there, but how are they going to make billions and billions of dollars? Well, think I don't about even it. know how they made half a billion dollars. Well, think about it, Mike. The majority of people that use Twitter, they're using it on their mobile device, yeah. which gives a perfect avenue to do mobile advertising, something that Facebook has know, struggled I never, with. I never read those mobile ads. It doesn't matter. It doesn't they're, matter. It doesn't matter. As long as you can get it out there so you have all these eyeballs, somebody's going to look at it. Advertisers are going to want to get involved with Twitter. 
especially like the hashtag is one of the most ingenious things ever because as a marketer you can get people to use a hashtag and then measure your results and see how much you know noise or or tweets have been going out you know for your brand so they're going to have a lot a lot of investors are going to invest in this company because uh their potential is huge. It, getting mobile advertising is very hard. Facebook struggle with it, and so is Google. They're struggling with it right I now. I see Facebook more kind of in the game with mobile advertising because the majority of people now are accessing Facebook through their mobile phone. Yeah, and it's very kind of social and you know location aware in in many cases. I just I can see that more appealing to advertisers. But the, the problem like with little, Facebook, little stupid messages. Facebook has almost what close to a billion people on Facebook. Yeah, it's huge. But you know, where's the growth? It's going to be like new babies. A, a billion and, people's got a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, but every who is not on Facebook these days? Everybody is. So a, pretty much any yeah, internet user. Billion, who has a billion followers? Well, definitely not you. <laughs> <laughs> this is Andy Barr's last show on. Get <laughs> okay, let's move on here. Uh, this was uh, interesting but sad. Uh, Ray Dolby, the audio pioneer and founder of Dolby Laboratories, has died at the age of 80. Yes. Uh, and, and even if you don't really understand fully what Dolby is, most people have heard of it. Yeah. And uh, it's basically the technology that we hear in or don't hear, uh, for that matter, uh, in the different things we listen to, whether we go to the theater or um, you know the music we listen to, you know removing the hits from cassette tapes in the old days, uh, surround sound, uh, it, it's been some pretty amazing technology along the way. Yeah, he really got made uh, audio as an experience. You know, when you think the first movie to ever have Dolby stereo was Star Wars, and it still sounds fantastic today if you listen to it. So he was a pioneer. Actually, where they have the Academy Awards, they've named that building after. Uh, you know Dolby because he was such an influential guy in the scene, and uh, smart fellow too. He went to like Stanford, and I think he also studied in Cambridge. So this guy, this guy was knew what he was doing. And like you said, Mike, get rid of the t tape hiss. I I still remember that. You know, uh, that's something that's long gone, especially in the digital age. You don't get that kind of noise anymore. Some people still like it. Actually, I know for records, they like that old saturated sound, but. Uh, you know, Dolby has passed away. He was like 80 years old, so he lived a nice, good, productive life. Talking about uh, cassette tapes, uh, it was funny. My uh, my dad was cleaning out, I guess, uh, the garage, and he came across one of my old computers, an Atari 400. Yes, that's right. You brought it into the uh, I brought studio. it into the uh, the office, and um, the Atari 400 was one of the first um, personal computers from Atari uh, way, way back. This is like, what, 83? Back in the 80s, yeah. yeah. And at the time, it was freaking amazing. And it came, <laughs> I, I had purchased the cassette player for it as well. And so you could actually buy programs and games on cassette tapes to load into the computer. And you could also, which was amazing, save the programs that you made onto cassette tape. So basically, you type in a program in the basic programming language. And there used to be magazines that you could buy. Really? Oh, yeah. And this, you'd buy these magazines and they'd have programs. Like, honestly, there'd be 10 pages of all the code that you type into your computer for like a simple little shooting game or something. Uh, and so you'd sit there for like, I swear to God, days, like days. You'd come home from school, spend a few hours typing this thing in. Then the next day you'd do it some more. Maybe you get your friend over because you can't type anymore because your <laughs> fingers are killing you. And finally you've typed this whole thing in and you 
you have to save it onto the cassette tape. So you got to hit. You got to make sure that you f- remember to hit the the counter, the the tape counter, and hit record, and save it on there. And if you didn't do it properly, gone. Everything. Yeah. There's no like uh, you know undo function yeah. on. So that you know, time. I brought this thing into the office, yeah. and everyone's like, "What the the heck is this thing?" That's funny because I'd never, I didn't even know that they had that technology. They used cassette tapes to to load programs, load and save programs. Yeah. That explains why you're such a geek. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even – so it was an Atari 400, and um, the keyboard was like a membrane keyboard because we couldn't afford the Atari 800 oh, that had the real keyboard. That was the upsell there, right? <laughs> and it was so funny because I was, I was bringing this thing into the office, and I ran into a, a friend on the street, uh, Steve Kim, and he's just like, oh, my God. And he knew exactly what it was because he grew up with me. And he's, he said, yeah, well, we had the Atari 800 <laughs> with the keyboard. Yeah, jerk. <laughs> when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking all things Apple. Apple's announced two new iPhones. Are you going to get one? Well, we're going to give you the dirt on what they're all about. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. We've got Gary Ng on the line. He's the founder and editor-in-chief of iPhone in Canada. .ca. Thanks for joining us today, Gary. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Pretty excited about the new iPhone announcement? Yeah, I think we saw some pretty interesting models. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be neat to see you know, how people react to the new phones. What do you, what do you think? They, uh, they typically have just had the one phone, but uh, in this announcement, they've basically announced two different models now. Yeah, it, it's definitely an interesting move. Um, it seems like Apple is turning the iPhone product lineup into two products now. Um, it, right now, the iPhone 5C is the main phone that they're pushing. Yeah. Uh, it's, what, it's the first phone that shows up on the website. It's the first phone that's being advertised on all the carrier sites. Um, that's almost seen as just like, you know, I compare it to a regular MacBook Air. Uh, while the 5S is the latest phone with the bells and whistles for the power users, uh, call it you know the Retina MacBook Pro. Why do you think they went to two different models? Well, I mean, I think right now people want uh, they want you know new phones, something that's new. I think it, it's to the point now where Apple sees that you know last year's specs are you know equally as good for you know regular users. Um, with the 5C, they've now, you know, they've taken some of those older components from the iPhone 5 and they put it into a new uh, polycarbonate plastic casing. Um, but they've also dropped the price. So the price has dropped uh, on contract pricing by, starts at $129 in Canada on a two-year contract. Whereas the iPhone 5S is starting for at $229 for, on a two-year contract. So there's now a price difference, and Apple is making users choose. So I guess it's just you know another way to sell more phones. I have actually have a theory of why they're doing this, Mike. Um, one thing that Apple, that they're making a lot of money is through their ecosystem, through iTunes. So if they can get people with a hardware device, an Apple device, then they can start monetizing through you know iTunes, whether it be movies, books, or uh, apps. Or, or apps. You know, so what they want to do is get in, and this is very same business model that's being used by Amazon. They do that all the time with their uh, tablets. They just want to get into consumers' hands, and they'll take it at a loss. 
but they know that people are going to start consuming content, buying content within their ecosystem. So I think stuff on Amazon. Exactly. So I think Apple is taking that route by going with the 5C because they just want to get everybody to start using an iPhone. Well, it's interesting. Uh, You know, I've been reading a lot about, um, you know, the the cheaper iPhone. It's been rumored for a while that they're going to come out with a 5C, you know, with the plastic back. Um, And so, uh, you know, some analysts are basically saying is that um, almost half of the iPhone sales in North America are the previous model of the iPhone. So, you know, the iPhone 5 has been, you know, the -the state-of-the-art one for the last little bit here. Uh, Almost half the sales were like 4s and 4s's. Exactly. And so if they can make a more inexpensive model, like a 5C, you know, with uh, more cheaper parts and stuff in it, they... They make more money, exactly. but it also, you know, will you know? I guess for them, hopefully, open up a larger market uh, as well. So let's talk about the five uh, S, uh, Gary. Um, what do you think are the key f- new features in here? Well, it definitely uh, is a new Touch ID fingerprint sensor that they've embedded into the Home button. Um, I don't know if you've already seen probably the hands-on videos and the demos. It seems to work really seamlessly and really well. Um, Apple has already announced that uh, fingerprint images aren't being stored uh, on the device. Uh, it's actually just fingerprint data. So a lot of people are have been worried about, you know, does, you know, Apple's gonna have my fingerprints, but actually it's just fingerprint data that's stored on this chip on the phone, and it's never uploaded to any servers or shared with any other apps. I'm going to be interested to see how um, accurate it is. Uh, you know, with some of these fingerprint scanners that I've seen in the past, you know, I've seen them on laptops and what have you. Uh, they weren't super accurate. You know, maybe uh, six times out of ten, uh, it would actually read my fingerprint. So, you know, right. on, on a smartphone, I mean, it's got to be pretty deadly accurate. Yeah, the the fingerprint sensor that we've embedded here, it works at uh, 360 degrees. So when you're setting it up, you, you actually you know, move your finger or your thumb or whatever at different orientations all around the button, and it will, it uses radio frequencies actually go to the sub-upper dermal layer of your skin to get a more accurate reading. Um, so it, it, it seems to work really well from what I've seen in demos, but of course, you know, I'll have to wait until we get a hands-on uh, with, the, with the sensor and the phone. I don't know if you heard this, Gary, but there's been reports that it doesn't like sweat. If you have sweaty fingers, uh, it might not work. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, Apple did say that, you know, people uh, have sweat or a lot of lotion or if they have scarred fingers, uh, it might not read it properly. Um, But obviously, Apple believes that the integration into the phone is good enough for them to implement, implement it and release it. Um, basically, you know, obviously Apple's not the first company to come up with a fingerprint sensor into a smartphone or even, a, you know, computers have had them for, for ages, but this seems to be the easiest way to set it up. And, you know, Apple's always about, you know, coming in last and trying to make something that used to work well, but make it even better. Yeah. I had a, a Motorola Atrix phone a couple of years ago that had a fingerprint sensor in it. I loved that. Yes, that I remember phone. that. And specifically for that feature, because I have to have a passcode on my phone because of our, our email system. So for me, it's always a pain in the butt. If I want to get on my phone, i got to type the password in. Uh, with that Motorola, with the fingerprint thing there, it was amazing. But, you know, the accuracy, it was pretty good, but it was kind of a pain in the butt when it, it wouldn't work properly. So I'm looking forward to see what happens with the, uh, the Apple one. Also, um, a better, better camera built in. Yes. 
they've in, they've improved the camera. It's uh, there's now a, a better aperture, that, so you can take better images in low light. Um, they've implemented a new flash system where there's actually two flashes in the back to help balance out uh, the color temperature. Um, a couple other features as well. There's a new burst mode where you can just you know hold down the button, and take a whole bunch of photos, 10 frames per second. Uh, also a new slow motion feature for videos. Um, but what I think is really neat about these new features is how you know you take the images with a burst mode and the system will figure out which are the best photos that you've taken, let's say out of uh, 30 or 40. You pick the two best ones and once you do that, the other ones are just automatically deleted and they don't you know, sort of fill up your camera roll. Megapixels are almost becoming irrelevant now, really. Yeah, really. I mean, the, you know, other, you know, a lot of companies, even just in regular digital cameras, we see the megapixel count increase, but it's never, sometimes it's not really linked to image quality as well. So um, with Apple, it seems like they're just trying to improve the camera. I think this new improved camera is really going to affect, you know, regular digital camera sales. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the sample images that they posted, but uh, they're pretty impressive. I saw one of a squirrel. It looked pretty good. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I want to open up the lines right now and hear from the listeners. Uh, if they've got any questions about the, the new iPhones, uh, did you think uh, Apple pushed innovation further? Yeah. Uh, you know, would you get one? We want to hear from you. We've got uh, Gary Ng on the line. He's editor-in-chief of iPhoneInCanada.ca. The number is 604-280-9898. And if you're phoning long distance anywhere in Canada, it's free. 1-877-399-9898. Again, 1-877-399-9898. We're talking about the new uh, Apple iPhone announcement. Two new phones, the Apple iPhone 5C with the colorful cases and the new 5S. When we come back from the break, we'll take your calls and uh, listen to what you think. You're listening to Get Connected. Brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. We've got an open line. We're talking about the new iPhone 5C and 5S, they just announced these new phones. Uh, will you be getting one? Got any questions? We've got Gary Ng on the line. He's uh, our friend from iPhoneInCanada.ca. Thanks again for joining us, uh, Gary. Hey, it's great to be here. How's the, the website going? Website's doing great. Yeah. Uh, we've been pretty busy providing people with uh, the latest iPhone coverage that they need to know, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. I remember when you first started out, and I think a lot of people uh, would go to your website to find out how to jailbreak and unlock yeah. iPhones, but... Uh, a lot of people don't really have to do that anymore because a lot of those features that they were jailbreaking the iPhone 4 are kind of built into the phones now. Yeah, that's right. Um, jailbreaking is becoming, in my opinion, uh, less common for, for regular people. Uh, like, you know, uh, control center in iOS 7 is, you know, is, is a great feature. Uh, a lot of other features are made into the operating system that you know, people used to jailbreak for. I remember actually did a little segment with you at the Get Connected Studios when you guys first in opened the, your new studio in Gatineau. Yeah, in the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. The olden days. Yeah, and now look <laughs> at you, stinking rich with big big iPhone website. So let's talk about uh, iOS seven. Uh, when can people download that for their iPhones? Uh, it's going to be available September eighteenth. And that uh, that'll work on like right down to the iPhone four. Uh, yes, I believe so. Very cool. We're taking your calls here, 604-280-9898, We've got Percy on the line. Hey, Percy. Yeah, Mike, uh, you know, you, you sort of glossed over the whole fingerprint thing. Yeah. I, I started to think about that, and I thought, you know, up until now, you're, you're, 
key to the internet, your key to unlocking all the things that you can do on a smartphone is a variable password, something you can change. You know, somebody nabs your password, you can quickly change it, you can, uh, you know, or just routinely change it. Once your fingerprint data is in, that's it. I, there is absolutely no way I'm going to believe that just because it's contained on a chip on the iPhone that, you know, somebody somewhere doesn't have access to that fingerprint through your phone or that maybe a government request for that matter, uh, you know, through a guy like Edward Snowden or some of, the, some of the stuff he's revealed. I'm not a conspiracy guy, but frankly, that crosses the line. So my question is, is that an option on the iPhone 5C? Can you do, like, password to enter the phone, or do you have to use the fingerprint? No, that's a great question, Percy. And, and from what I understand, Gary, uh, it's only available on the 5S, and it's an option. You don't have to use the fingerprint scanner. You can use a regular password, right? Yes, it is It is an option, so you don't need to use a fingerprint scanner. Um, there is also going to be an option to use passcode as well with the fingerprint scanner as well as a backup. Oh, so you can have dual security. Yes, that's right. Very cool. What do you think, Annie? Are you worried about having your fingerprint on the phone? Not necessarily. It's it's good and bad. What I'm really happy about is that whole uh, area of study is called biometrics, where you're using your fingerprints, either your eyes, your voice, to, to actually get commands. That's going to make this mainstream now. You're going to see all these different types of products. You'll watch uh, Microsoft and, and on the Android side also start to use this. Like the new Moto X, Mike, you, know, you can actually schedule an, uh, an appointment or talk to Google Now without even touching the phone now. It recognizes your voice. When I had you to try it, uh, you couldn't unlock it, but when I used my voice, it did. So that's going to go mainstream. And if there's any company that can make biometrics, you know, put it on the forefront of, of consumer technology, it would be Apple. They're really good at simplifying things uh, and simplifying problems like passcodes. Like 50% of, I think, Gary, 50% of iPhone users don't actually have a password. Is that correct? Yeah, they said that at the keynote. They basically said it's just you know too cumbersome to implement, so people just don't bother with it. It's interesting. Uh, I, I wonder how much of an issue that will be for uh, users out there. You know, obviously, it's I think a new thing for a lot of people. But like I said, you know, when I had that on my phone, loved it. I, I know there's always the privacy concern, and I, you you can tell that Apple's obviously very aware of it because in the keynote they were addressing that, saying that that information is not stored on any servers, especially anywhere. with the NSA thing going on oh, right yeah. now. Oh like yeah, right? everyone's freaked out. Yeah, uh, but. I, if you take a look at uh, all of the information people share on their social networks and even our email accounts, I mean, if you're using a Gmail account, you're giving access to Google to sort of scan keywords in your email to show you relevant ads. Yeah. So you really have to think about what we are really giving up nowadays. Not, not much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tasia, mm -hmm. would you use the fingerprint scanner? Are you one of... Are you are you wearing a tinfoil hat to keep the, <laughs> no. the satellites no, that's from not my reading concern. your brains? I had what Andy would call a first world problem, which is I purchased I have um, touchscreen friendly gloves for the winter. Yeah. And now I won't be able to use the fingerprint scanner if I have my gloves on, and I don't want to take my gloves off to open my iPhone. That's a first world problem. So <laughs> live in Vancouver, you don't need gloves. <laughs> Yes, that is a, a huge problem. You know, one thing, Mike, uh, to say about this fingerprint, one thing, Gary, I was really surprised that they didn't do was uh, use the fingerprint to actually turn the phone off. Because imagine if, well, you know, people that lose their phone, you need the Find My iPhone feature to, uh, to find it. But people that might find it might want to turn the phone off. But if you couldn't turn it off without using your finger, that would actually solve a big problem where you could actually 
find your phone if you lose it and the other person can't turn it off. I think that would have been a good feature and it shouldn't be that hard to implement. Yeah, there's a new security feature in iOS 7 where you actually won't be able to, let's say you found a phone or someone stole your phone and they tried to erase it and start it up as a brand new phone in iTunes. iTunes will actually ask for your uh, Apple ID password to actually enable the phone. So if someone did steal the phone, uh, it's, you know, basically your phone's safe. They won't be able to enable it. Uh, even if you erase it, even do a hard restore, it will still say enter in your user ID password. Oh, that's, really? That's, that's really that's good. That's cool. I mean, that's been a long time coming. Yeah. Because so many, I mean, millions of these phones get lost every year. Yeah. Who knows how many are stolen? And it's been a big problem. Yeah. Well, the issue with the fingerprint right now, some people are wondering, okay, is this going to be like the movies where, you know, thieves might cut off my finger <laughs> so they can get access to my phone? Um, but some biometric experts were talking about how the sensor actually looks for live data. So even if, you know, someone did have a cut finger, it wouldn't show any signs of life, so it wouldn't work. Obviously, I don't know how Apple's going to do Q&A testing for this stuff. But uh, it'll be interesting to see who the first tech reviewer will be to cut off their finger and to see if it'll actually work. If that's Maybe a if, if, yeah, <laughs> yeah, if that's a concern that you have that thieves are going to cut your fingers off, I think you've got bigger issues. <laughs> bigger <laughs> issues, you know, just to get into your smartphone. You know, Gary, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. People uh, can obviously find out more about uh, what you're all up to at iPhoneCanada.ca. iPhoneCanada.ca or .com. Very cool. Thanks again for joining us, Gary. Yeah, thanks for having me. Gary Ng, founder, editor-in-chief of iPhoneInCanada.ca. What's the prize this week, Andy? I forgot to talk about that. Well, we know we've been talking about iPhones and smartphones, so we're giving away uh, Power Rocks Magic Stick. This is a mobile power solution. Tasia, I know you have one of these. I it's, love it. it's kind of the shape of lipstick, actually. It's about that same size, but it gives you battery backup, so you can carry it with you to charge your phone when you're on the go because... Most people, you know, die out and run out of juice when they're, you know, doing their day-to-day -day things. To enter, go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com, and hit on the contest tab to enter and win. You can, of course, increase your chances of winning by liking the contest on our Facebook page and retweeting it on Twitter. Your chance to win the Power Rocks Magic Stick Mobile Power Solution. When we come back from the break, we're going to go general open line, taking any of your tech calls and questions will be your on-air tech support. Or if you need some buying advice, 604-280-9898, long distance, 1-877-399-9898. I'll try this again, 1-877-399-9898. When we come back, we'll also have Raw Mobility's App of the Week. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. We're going open line here, 604-280-9898, It's the toll-free number. We're going to jump here to Bob in Alberta. How are you doing, Bob? Good. Um, I'm wondering about the Fix Me stick. You hear tons of advertising about it. Does it work as well as they say, or is it not worth the money? Uh, I, I like it a lot, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, of course, have antivirus software uh, already uh, monitoring my computer, but you know, you never know if something's going to get through. It happens sometimes. And, you know, the nice thing about that Fix Me stick, and we've talked about it on the show here before we've had them on as guests, uh, it's a little USB stick. Uh, it's kind of like your last line of defense. If everything goes to hell, you can basically put this little stick in, and it'll be able to go in and clean up the computer. It, it doesn't have to be preloaded on it. 
Yeah, I always call it the plan B for your PC, you know, <laughs> after you've had a... <laughs> Did you just come up with that? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but it's a great way to describe how it works, right? You have an infected computer you that should already... should be in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I should do the marketing. Yeah. But basically, you have a computer that has a virus on it, and it can be hard to get it off. So yes. what you do is you put this Fix Me stick. It has its own operating system. It's actually running Linux. And then it uses your Wi-Fi from your PC yeah. to download all the latest uh, antivirus updates cleans your computer even before Windows starts. So it gets right into the guts of it. And, and see, that's the important thing, because a lot of times if you get a virus on your computer, it is damn near impossible to get that thing off sometimes yeah. because uh, a lot of times those viruses will prevent you from going out to the Internet to get uh, updates to your antivirus program or even to download a new uh, security program onto your computer to, to fix it up. And that's the nice thing about that Fix Me Stick. You stick it in and the computer, you turn your computer off and you can have your computer boot up to that stick before it even gets into Windows. Exactly. It's actually a great thing if you're like a techie and you're always doing tech support for people. Yeah. It's the best thing to have in your arsenal because people will think that you've done all this magical like you know programming to, re to remove this virus when all you did was put a USB stick in and reset the computer. And then you know once it's finished, Virus is gone. It's like Plan B for your PC. <laughs> it's Plan B for your PC. <laughs> I love it. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. I just broke my glasses. Uh, we're gonna jump here to John in Poco. Hey, John. Hey, hi. 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 I was just wondering. I've got a a, a question. Maybe you can help me. Maybe not. Um, a couple of years ago, I bought an iPhone three GS. Yeah. From a secondary uh, retailer. It was locked onto Rogers. I were, used it for a good year, year and a half, and then I put it away, wasn't using it. And what I do is I travel overseas, so I wanted to put a, a sort of a worldwide SIM card into it, so I wanted to unlock the phone. Yeah. I've tried different avenues to do that. I've tried uh, Rogers, and I've tried, you know, someone who advertises unlocked phones. Yeah. And both of them have come back to me and said they can't do it. Is there another way of trying to go about doing this? That's a, a great question. So do you actually phoned Rogers to see if they'd unlock it? Yes, and, and they told me that it wasn't registered on there, or they didn't have, and obviously by, because I bought it secondary, I didn't know this, but they said they didn't have the the IEAEM number or whatever it was. So IEMI, I think. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And therefore they couldn't unlock it because it the number wasn't re registered to their system. But I go, I used it for a year on your system, but they said, no, we can't unlock it. Yeah, that uh, sucks. And then you've tried one of these online places as well. Well, not even the online ones. I went to a, a retailer who's, who, who does unlocking, and I dropped it off. He looked at it and says, I can't unlock it because you've updated it to an iOS 5 or something. Uh, or yeah. Yeah, I think you might be in a difficult position. Uh, a lot of times uh, if you've updated some of these older iPhones, there's um, the new software won't let you unlock it. Yeah. Uh, there's unlocking software that will do it, which kind of puts you in a, a tough spot. Any thoughts there, Andy? Well, that's the big thing is when a lot of people, especially with iOS 7 coming up, are going to start thinking about upgrading their OS. Yeah. But the way that Apple works is you can't go back. So once you've upgraded to that new operating system, you can't say, oh, I changed my mind, I want to go back. And that's what happened in this situation is that he does have the uh, an updated software. I think the 3G... It was like 3GS. the 3GS, but when it first came out, what was the, the operating, the iOS? It was like not even four. It was like three something. Yeah, it was three. 
3.12 or 3.14. Exactly. So yeah. one thing that you might want to do, and you said that it was working on Rogers, is if you have friends who have SIMs from different carriers, put it in and see if he'll still work. I, I get the sense it's not for him. Exactly. But yeah. uh, it is good to use an old phone like that as your travel phone if you definitely have it unlocked. If you ever go to the States, it's great to have because you can get a SIM card. Uh, from like Roll Mobility or or from somewhere else in the States and use that as your phone when you're there. So you don't actually have to use your personal phone uh, when you travel. But uh, that is a, it is a difficult one. You're just going to have to – one thing, go to iPhoneInCanada.ca uh, and uh, see if they have any resources there because they have lots of content about uh, unlocking your phones. Yeah, there's also some um, sites up there um, that also offer what's called uh, – IMEI unlocking. Yeah. And so essentially you have to pay, I think it's like anywhere from twenty to forty dollars. Uh you have to give them the IEMI code from your phone. Yeah. Uh, and there's instructions online on, on how to get that. It's pretty simple. Um uh, and theoretically they could be able to unlock it for you yeah. uh, online. So that's something to check out uh as well. But uh, go to iPhone uh, in Canada dot C and C .ca and see if they've got some more stuff there. We're going to have to take another break. When we come back, more of your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Mike, Andy, and Tasia in studio here. Now it's time for App of the Week by Roll Mobility. Stop turning off your phone when you travel to the U.S. Use Roll Mobility and get, get unlimited talk and text from $3 per day. Available at rollmobility.com. App of the Week, Tasia. Taxi magic. Taxi magic. I yes. like the sound of this. It is magical. Yes? Um, so you just... Uh, log into the app really easily. You can create a free account. It, take, it took me one second to create it. uses your GPS location. You can put in any credit cards you want, so you'll be able to pay right by phone. Wow. Um, you can either schedule a pickup yeah. if you're not ready for it yet, or just tap, I'm ready to go, and um, they'll head your way. And then you can track them on a map to see where they are. They can send you push notifications to tell you your driver has left, this is your driver, your driver has arrived. If you're in a big group and you're kind of worried, how are they going to see me? You can turn your phone into a taxi flag because they give you a number and it turns your phone into a yellow screen wow. with the number, say, 444 or whatever. And you just hold it up and you oh, can and flag the taxi. And what cities does this work in? It works here and it works in the States. Yeah, yeah. Is so this free or is It's it... free on iPhone. And yeah. it's cool. That's really cool. It's really awesome. It kind of reminds me when we used to have Uber in the city. And yeah. Uber obviously was a paid... Uh, you don't have Uber here anymore? No. Why? Vancouver uh, gave them the old boot to root skis because <laughs> of the taxi companies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic... That's a, I like apps that are very helpful, you know? Yeah. It's so helpful. It's so helpful. So, yeah. Yeah, because I really can never find the taxi number. And, the fact and usually the- when you want the taxi number... You're not really good at dialing because yeah. and sometimes you call and call and it's busy, right? And you're waiting for this company to pick you up. You don't know if they're coming. You end up calling back. I've been stuck so many times calling back a company saying, "Where is the is the cab?" And now you don't have to worry about it. You've scheduled a pickup. You can see them on a map. I like this. You know, I, you know, I really feel that this can make taxis in general more efficient mm-hmm. right now because I just how efficient are they? Like for me, for example, I live about an hour outside of downtown, and if I had to take a taxi home which I do a lot of times, um, he drops me off. And what does that guy do? He's got to drive all the way back here. Exactly. But, you know, if you've got a system like this here where the taxi cabs can all be in on this GPS kind of system and people are just doing it themselves, like accessing these cabs, I, I think it would be a lot better. Exactly. You know, we have these GPS markers on our phone, so they got to utilize that technology for people that will opt in for that. 
One more uh, shout-out for the contest, Andy. We're giving away the Power Rocks Magic Stick Mobile Power Solution. This is a, a little tiny device. It's about the shape of a cigar or a lipstick, and it actually gives you backup battery power for your smartphone. That thing is awesome. Yes. My smartphone runs out of battery halfway through the day. Me too. It, well, for most people it does, and you need some type of backup battery solution because we're so dependent on our smartphones. This one's fantastic. you got to go to our website to check it out www.getconnectedmedia.com. Hit on the contest tab to enter and win. You can, of course, increase your chances by liking the contest on our Facebook page and retweeting it on Twitter. Want to give a shout out to all the people that make Get Connected possible. We got Dominic, Dominique, Dominic. Dominic. I'm pulling <laughs> with you <laughs> on the controls. Very helpful uh, to the team also. Andy Brar, producer, and Tasia Custodi, Christina Stoyanova on the Twittering thing. That she's a tweet, the tweet, tweet, machine. Tweet, tweet machine, yeah. Tweet machine. That's right. And of course, I'm Mike Agarbog. I want to thank our uh, sponsor, London Drugs, who helps make this show possible. They're a great group down there if you ever need any tech stuff, from computers to tablets to phones. They're the place to go. This is Mike Anning Tasia logging off. We'll see you again next week.